With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hello, and thank you for choosing Destiny Talk today. Today we are excited to talk about not by power, nor by might, but by the Spirit of God. So many times we're going through things that are a mountain to us, and we don't know what to do. We don't know how. We don't know anything. Our mind is blank. We've tried everything we know how to do within our own knowledge of the situation. But God is letting us know today that some things are just not by your flesh. Some things that's going on in this world right now, it's all spiritual. It's not even an attack towards you. It's to get you to not worship God. It's to get you to not run to your altar. That's when you know this is spiritual and that you need to run to your altar, that you need to go and pray to God and ask for direction and ask for things that need to be done. So today we're going to talk about those things that we are trying to manage on our own and we're failing, we're getting frustrated, and we don't know what to do. But the main thing that we always do is blame it on God. We say he didn't come through for us. He didn't do it. He didn't hear our prayers. He didn't answer in time. But one thing we have to always remember, take it to God on your altar first. Before you dismiss him, take it to the altar first. Then say, I've done all I know how to do. Read the word of God and see if that will fail you or not. Then say, I've done all I know how to do. But when we do what we do in the flesh and we say we've done all we know how to do and we blame it on God, that's an incorrect statement because we have not done all we know how to do. So we're going to look at Zechariah and Ezra because they go together to find out when frustration come, when things come our way that we need to deal with, what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to handle what's going on in our lives? So when they got back from exile, when they got back from captivity in Ezra 3, Zerubbabel decided that he wanted to build an altar unto the Lord, that he wanted to do sacrifices according to the law of Moses that should be done um, before the Lord. So everything always go back to the altar of God, whether it's the altar at the church, the one you build at the house, it doesn't matter, but it has to be the altar that you have dedicated 
unto the Lord. Three and three. And they set the altar upon his bases. For fear was upon them because the people on, of those countries and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord. Even burnt offering morning and night. Now as we see here, the burnt offering must be continual. It cannot be day and then next Monday and then maybe next Thursday and then just maybe whenever we get a chance because we're so busy. Then how are we supposed to get an answer from the Lord when we're inconsistent with communicating with him? How are we supposed to get it from the Lord if he gives us a dream and we dismiss the dream as an oh well? Because we should have a dream journal as well so we can know when the enemy is speaking to us through a dream and when it is God. Everything that we do should be a plan and a purpose for destiny and to worship God. And he wanted to present this to God because it was according to the law of Moses that they were supposed to do this. And he decided that he was going to do it. Now in four they say, they kept also the feast of tabernacle as it is written and offered the daily burnt offering by number according to the custom as the duty of every day required. So that's what we begin to ask ourselves. Are we really giving God the time that he deserves, that our spirit deserves to communicate with him? Are we giving him that time or are we reading encouraging thoughts for the day? Are we opening up books that will tell us a scripture for the day? But there comes a time in our life that we have to sit down and begin to communicate with God. We want to build a relationship with him. We want to know his ins and his outs and what the expectations are for our life. And we come to people, to ministers, and we say, I want to know the purpose of my life. I want to know why am I here? What does God has have planned for me? Because I feel like I'm going in circles around the same mountain daily. Well, that's where the communication come from is on the altar. That's where the building come from is from the word of God. So we have to incorporate all of those things into our daily lives. It's like getting a new job and we want to know the ins and outs. We want to know the good, the bad, the ugly. We want to know how do we succeed? How do we function on a daily basis to produce results? Same with the word of God. In order to produce results, in order to get the answers that we are seeking, it has to be a daily study. It has to be something that you and God are doing. Then you won't have to ask anyone, what about this? And why am I here? And what's my destiny? Because as long as you are communicating with God, you will find those things out through him. He's not going to leave you hanging like, oh, she's asking, but I'm not going to answer her or him. No, as you begin to build that relationship up and you begin to gain knowledge of the one you serve and love and you have that altar that you speak with him, then you'll begin to know what's going on. Why did my marriage fail, God? Reveal it to me. Rebuke the enemy that doesn't want me to see and begin to allow your spirit to come in and tell me why. Answer 
through your spirit, O oh God. And he will begin to do those things for you. Why? Because you have a relationship with him and you have a sincere heart to talk with him. He's not going to just leave you nor forsake you. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to build a relationship with him. He wants you to come to him. Now in Zechariah 4, the vision of the lampstand and the olive trees that he had, he says, now the angel who talked with me came back and weakened me as a man who is weakened out of his, wakened out of his sleep. I'm sorry, that was wakened. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, what are they? What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you know, do you not know what these are? And I said, not know, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to you, Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. Now, this is how you get God to answer you, because you're doing something that's going to bring you closer to him. And you're saying to yourself, if I perish, I'm just going to perish because I'm going to do this unto the Lord who will turn anything and everything around for me. Now, in Ezra 4, 4 through 5, then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So that lets you know you're going to run into opposition. You're going to run into people that tell you, no, you don't need the promotion. No, you don't need a new car. No, you don't need a new house. You need to stay where you're at. And even if they say it in a roundabout way, it still comes back to the you don't need it. So what God is saying to us, when these things happen, when discouragement happen when people get troubled because you're trying to make yourself better you're trying to allow him to take you from poverty to maybe middle class to maybe upper class there's going to be opposition because you are trying to do better you want better and it's not about getting wealth or gaining wealth. It's about the vision you have and the purpose you have envisioned for your life, for your children, for your marriage. Opposition will come. And you may look at it and say, why is my marriage in trouble? Because you're trying to build it. Why are my children acting like this? Because you're trying to build it. So when you are building, there's always someone trying to tear down so that's why sometimes it's best to keep it to yourself until the time of fruition until the time of exposure of lifting you have to learn to speak to God concerning things 
and not anyone else. Because if you're talking or when you are talking to God about it, it's kept. But when you begin to tell people who have no vision, no purpose, don't even care about their destiny, you already know they're going to discourage you. They're going to oppress you. They're going to try to get you fired. They're going to try to get someone to say no if they're your reference card. So be very, very careful when you do things in life that's going to make it better for you. So when you are encouraged to do something for the Lord and all you're getting is opposition, one, you tell yourself, I shouldn't have said anything, which you probably shouldn't. Two, you get discouraged because nobody's on board. You need a fan club to make it possible because you need people to believe in you. Not going to always happen because some things you've got to walk alone. Some things you, it's just you because it was given to you, not a group. You were alone when God told you. You were alone when he ministered the instructions to you. So why now do you need a group to encourage you? Because you have to trust the destiny God has placed in your hand. You have to trust that he spoke to you and you alone and he needs you to fulfill it. He needs you to carry out the mission that he's given to you. And you may say, well, God, it doesn't make sense because what's going to happen? And you begin to analyze and think and give God the plan of what your mind is conceiving the end to be. Natural, normal. But then after you be quiet and you've told God your analysis of this, then you need to sit down and listen to his. Do you have that kind of time to go to your altar and say, okay, God, I've laid it all out before you. This is my results of this and how it's going to end. And it doesn't look like it's going to end well. But when you begin to listen to the plans of God who knew you and formed you, you already know you're going to get through it. Because in heaven, the project is already complete. On earth, we are walking through it, the process of it, to complete it, what's already done. So when you look at it with that aspect and you say, well, God, you already know what I'm going to do. You already have the end of it as to how I complete this. I just need to walk through this because I have to understand it is not by my power nor by my will or might that is going to be completed, but it has to be completed through your spirit that you may get the glory for what I've done. Because if I do it, I want the glory. If I do it, I want the payment. But when your spirit is involved, nobody gets it but him. So when you are lying down and you're praying or you're sitting up and praying and reading the word of God and the question in your mind is, what's my purpose? And you can't look at it from just the aspect of if I read the word, God can give you the answer on TV, on a commercial, through a conversation while you're driving and a billboard hits you. There are so many avenues to get that one answer that you have to be sensitive to the spirit of God in order to get it but we're thinking the holy spirit is going to come and and give us this big thing and when we wake up we go wow i had an encounter with god heaven opened up and i saw this and words begin to flash like a billboard that's what we're expecting so that we can give a good testimony to validate what we are doing for christ and he may not give you that because he don't want you seeking validation for what he told you to do. 
He doesn't want you seeking encouragement from others for what he told you to do. He wants the project between you and his spirit. That as you do it, you're guided. Just like he did Noah with the ark. It was guided by the spirit of God. Every prophet that did something, it was guided by the spirit of God. He spoke it, they did it. Even Jesus, I only do what my father instructs me to do. That's how we have to be. Not by power, nor by our might, but it's by the spirit of God. And once we begin to understand that it's by the spirit, when we look at Joshua and how Jericho had to fall, they had no hand. They were ready to fight. But they had no hand in it. The spirit of God told them what to do. And to us it's like, huh? But they did it because they loved, they trusted, and they had a relationship of obedience to God. And the only way to get that is on the altar, praying, getting to know God in your word, getting instructions from God. And when you read the Bible, it's not a story. It's actual activities that happen. So when you read about Jericho, it's not like, oh, wow, God did that. No, it's for you to just breathe and drink it all in and absorb it so that you can believe he'll do the same thing for you. So as that word is coming in and your mind is processing it and your spirit Spirit is drinking it up to help you to grow in Christ. Then you begin to know how the walls of Jericho fell. It's not like, oh, that was good that God did that for them. No, it becomes, God, I'm, I want that. I want you to do that for me. Not so much in the same way, but in the way that fits me. Answer me in that way through your spirit that fits my situation that fits me individually and he will do that for you but when we look at our situation and it's this big mountain that we don't understand how we are going to get through it we have to understand that is not for us to figure it out but it's for God to instruct and guide us through it. And yes, it's kind of hard because we're so used to doing things on our own that we don't know how to give it to God. How do we give it to God? How do we trust that he's actually going to make the right results for us? How do we know that the outcome is going to be to my favor? That's where the growing happens. That's where the prayer life increases. That's where the word of God comes in because he encourages us through every chapter. I will not leave you nor forsake you. It's guaranteed. He who has promised is able to perform what's going on in my life. Those are the words that you build upon the covenant, the promises and knowing his word because we perish because we don't have the knowledge of his word. So when we make bad decisions, is because we don't know his word. Not because he don't love us. Not because he doesn't want to answer us. But we don't know how to present that word to him. Well, God, you said, if I call upon you, you will answer me. 
But what's the criteria of that? That's just a portion of it. But we would have to research that particular thing, go to him and say, okay, I'm digging into this more to find out how you're going to answer my prayers. Not so much as giving me the, the road map, but at least giving me the comfort to know that I can trust you. Giving me the word of God to make sure that I understand if I hold on, that mountain will become a plain. If I hold on or when I hold on, you will not let me fall. And once we get that word into us, then destiny will appear then the word of God will become life to us. So now we don't just love him, but we actually are in love with him because we trust him so much in our life. That's how we get to the no, not by power. No, not by might. But God, breathe on me with your spirit. Breathe on my finances with your spirit. Breathe on my health with your spirit. And God will never fail you. And you know this because he's done it in the past. But if your thoughts are more on discouragement than it is on God giving you the results he has for you, you will not make it. You just won't. Because it's already done in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is already completed. That's why his spirit knows what to do in every situation. That's why his spirit can come and wipe that mountain completely out. Because it's already done in heaven. Now, through prayer, through fasting, through the knowledge of his word, it now becomes manifested on earth to where now the two are in line. Earth and heavens become in line with each other because what you are praying is what is already done, which is the will of God. What you are asking now becomes purpose and destiny knowledge of where you're going and what's going to happen in your life. But we have to get into the word of God. I'm not saying you got to go around quoting scripture, but I do say you need to at least know scripture in your heart to begin to know the promises. So when something hits you, a sickness hits you, you can go to God and begin to say, I know my redeemer lives because I talked to you earlier today before this information got to me we had already had a conversation so now I'm coming to you again with this conversation that just hit me and I need direction I need you to tell me when am I going to touch the hem of your garment and be made whole when am I going to receive from the blood of Jesus and be made whole from this you instruct me by your spirit because in heaven I'm already healed so I need to know how to bring that healing down to my body through doctors, through prayer, through reading your word, however it is going to come. And you open your vessel up for the answer. And it will come. It will come. Because God, you have a covenant with me on healing. So I know it's already done. Just instruct me on how 
on where, when. Communicate as I communicate with you daily, hourly, whatever it's going to take. So when the discouragement comes, when the depression comes, when the negative feedback comes, you're still standing. When I've done all I know how to do, God, and I begin to realize that is nothing I can do, but it has to be through your spirit that this thing is taken care of. Then will the victory come. And only then. Because it's all about his glory. So when Zerubbabel built that altar, dedicated it unto God, according to the law, he didn't just put something together and say it's for God. But he actually did it according to the law of Moses because he knew it would be of none effect if he did it in his own way. And and the angel even told him, whoever comes against you, they will be made in a plane. That mountain will be no more. So when you begin to inhale what just happened and you say, wow, wow. That's what God is saying in my situation. Then I need to step aside and let him do this because it's his project. Then success has to happen because of covenant. Because of laws that stand in heaven according to the will of God for our lives. But we want to make sure that we get in alignment in our prayers, in our reading. So when God gives you instruction, and it may be one or two words, he may say, by my spirit, you go find out what does that mean. And you Google in, by my spirit in the Bible, by my spirit meaning, by my spirit God said, just by my spirit if that's all he said to you. And research what does that mean, God, and do not let it go until it connects with your spirit. Don't just read it and go, oh, I've, I've heard that before. Oh, I talked about that last week. Nope. That means it's more serious. When God says it, there's a point that he's trying to make. There's a conversation he's trying to have with you. And if you brush it off, you miss it. If you brush it off, you just miss the blessing. If you brush it off, you just miss communicating with God. So whenever you see a billboard, whenever you have a conversation and something hits your spirit and it's according to the will of God and the word of God, research it and get your blessing out of it. Don't just let it go. Communicate with God. What does this mean? And begin to communicate so not by power nor by might but by his spirit so when things come up take a deep breath and say God by your spirit breathe on this by your spirit teach me by your spirit open it up by your spirit and as you say that with tears He's going to come in and dry those tears. Allow God to move. Allow him to do what's already done in heaven. And you'll never, ever 
prevail. Father, we thank you, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor, O oh God. As this world is just changing every day, O oh God, our lives are changing every day. So, Father, we turn to you, we lay down on the altar, and we allow you to speak to us today, O oh God. To open our eyes to spiritual things going on, O oh God. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of who you are. We need you. We need your presence. We need our spiritual eyes open in Jesus' name. Father, any pain that we're feeling in our bodies right now, Father, through your blood, Father, through your healing of your son's blood, we take it right now, O oh God. And we know that there's power in the name of Jesus. Touch it by your spirit right now, O oh God. Mm, touch it by your spirit right now, O oh God. We are healed. We believe and know that we are healed. And we align with heaven right now. And we pull down our healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, and we love you, in love with you, God, as we move forward, as we move into a new year, O oh God. We give you praise. God, we rebuke untimely death, O oh God. We rebuke, O oh God, any mental illnesses the devil may try to bring upon our minds right now, O oh God. We stand in the authority of Jesus right now. And we prophesy to those dry bones in our life, O oh God. And we tell it to come alive according to your spirit. We tell it right now, O oh God, that it will never overtake us. But that we stand in your will. We thank you, O oh God. We give you praise. We love you. And we know that you're going to do it because it's already done in heaven. We're going to walk the process, oh God, no matter what. No matter how many tears, no matter how much of discouragement and depression, we are going to rebuke it and we're going to hold on to your word and your promises and your covenant that you have made with us through Jesus, God. We thank you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you right now for joining Destiny Talk. We thank you right now for salvation and for trusting and believing in what God is going to do in your life. No matter how many tears you cry, no matter how many times you get discouraged, always go back to the word of God. Always pour out your heart before the Lord. Always seek his face because he has an answer. Never allow yourself to only be discouraged, to only feel like you're forsaken. But go to God and tell him that's how you feel and that you need encouragement, that you need a hug from him right now, that you need your tears dried by him. Go to him and let him know everything that he already knows, but he wants you to pour it out to him. We thank you for everyone that is increasing destiny talk. In Jesus' name, we will be successful. Amen and amen. Thank you.